Welcome to the Grey Eye and Disability Arts online podcast, Disability And, bringing together thoughtful discussion and debate. This month, Disability Arts Online's assistant editor, Joe Turnbull, chats with writer, singer and disability campaigner, Larchi, about her current project, Ramped, and her other achievements. This podcast contains strong language. Welcome everyone to the Disability and Podcast. Um, This month I'm joined by award-winning recording artist, songwriter and disability advocate, Larchi. Welcome Larchi. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. It is a cold day, but my heat is up, very pumped. So I am just watching the wind as it wafts by my window. And you're joining us from across the ocean today. Yes, yes, I am in the great city of New York, the city that never sleeps. It's great to have such a a guest from uh, from overseas and international. Oh wow! Yeah, guest on our podcast. Am I really (laughs) international? First of all, New York is the only city that exists, so you (laughs) are welcomed into my home. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that's great. Um. Yeah, I thought we could kick things off by just uh, telling our listeners a bit about uh, about yourself and your background. Cool, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I go by Lachi, she, her, black girl, cornrows. My hobbies are music, making people laugh and talking way too much, apparently, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> I also love turning my hobbies into careers. So my love for music turned me into a recording artist and songwriter. Um, my love for laughing turned me into acting. My love for talking turned me into a speaker. And my love for myself really turned me into an advocate. So I'm black, Mm. blind, daughter of immigrants here to the U.S. um, from West Africa. Um, I've had the pleasure of touring the world for my art, um, speaking nationally to representatives of the White House for my advocacy. But really, I'm all about just showcasing to the world that, listen, we're living in a world not made for us as people with disabilities. I had to run three times as hard to get where I am than my non-disabled counterparts. And that's why I do this. So that the next little me out there or the next person coming up doesn't have to run as hard to achieve the same goals. Yeah, that's so important to have disabled role models. I think it's something we hear so many times is just like, how can you imagine yourself doing something if you've never seen someone else who kind of looks like you or has similar life experiences to you well doing that thing exactly you know we all talk about people having vision boards and putting that rolls royce up on your vision board or that big house up on your vision board but if you don't have anything to envision to become if you don't have that picture of yourself successful that you can look at and point to and go i want to be that then how can you really plan for that ending? And so that's one of the things I knew I was missing as a young child wanting to do entertainment and wanting to really be a big thing out in the world. 
I just didn't see folks that looked like me or had my situation do what I was doing. And so having to carve it is difficult. So it would just be nice, you know, to have, you know, awesome musicians or awesome actresses, awesome politicians with disabilities, just commonplace. That's definitely something we'd like to see a lot more of. And mm-hmm. um, how, like, how early of a love is music for you? Has it been in your life for a long time from 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 the get-go as a baby or when did you first kind of get into music? Well, you know, I was into music very, very early on. Um, I wasn't the most social child. Um, I just didn't really understand how to interact with other children. Being in that weird position where I wasn't fully blind, so I didn't have the dog or the cane, so I wasn't put into that box. But then I also wasn't fully sighted, so children didn't understand how to interact with me. Um, so being super, I turned kind of inward and I turned to my music to get to know myself really. Um, but also as an outlet to express myself to others in ways that just my words weren't able to really do. Um, cause I just couldn't find confidence anywhere else. I didn't really find confidence at home. I mean, my parents weren't really equipped to handle a child with like limited access to the world being immigrants. Um, I didn't find that confidence at school either because the education system just didn't know how to encourage folks, at least while I was there. Um, But I did gain the courage sort of through performing music, Um, whether it was at school talent shows, whether it was playing the piano in my college dorm and just hearing people go, wow, you're really good. As more people recognized me for my music, my outward confidence level grew. So I just continued to pay homage, if it were, to the spark of music that was inside me. In fact, it was because of music that I moved to New York City and really pursued um, running forward in that light. And really, music has now just propelled me to this amazing movement of advocacy from co-chair of Grammy Advocacy at the Recording Academy to sharing my music, sharing my just everything that I do, my whole journey has all really been bolstered through music. Being open about my blindness was bolstered through music. So it's just always been a part, like has always held my hand and been there for me. Um, And combining the confidence of my music with the acceptance of my blindness. Um, I didn't really know that that was the burning fire in me at an early age until now that sort of this was the mission. And I think something in me always knew it. And that's why music was just always a heavy part of my life. Do you feel like you found your your people or a community within, within music as well? I know that, for example, a lot of um, UK... Uh, disabled artists and sort of activists who came through the disability arts movement I know that a lot of them the kind of a bit of a gateway was like punk music um, mm-hmm. where they, were, they sort of found a level of acceptance there that they wouldn't have found in kind of mainstream society if you like and obviously I know that that's you know it's from a different uh, lineage maybe the, mm-hmm. the, the the music that you make but uh, yeah I wondered whether that's also a sort of common experience for you as well in, in that sense. My musical genre doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with um my disability. Sure. So the genre 
isn't really um, what kind of defines my music, actually. Um, I'm truly a vocal artist. Mm -hmm. So at, at, at heart, um, I like moving vocal stacks and, and painted harmonies. Um, that's really my forte. I started out with acapella in college. Um, and so I want to give a big shout out to Mezzo, which is an acapella group I made here in New York City for performing my arrangement of Genius mixed with Beethoven, which we actually won an award for. Go ahead, girls. You're awesome. <laughs> but I started with pop, sort of almost alternative pop, because my parents lived in a white bread town, really, to just not mince words. And so that was the music I knew. And then we also moved to a more urban town. And I was also moved into looking into more urban style music. And I felt most comfortable when I started doing house music, EDM music, pop dance, trance, because I could just be myself. I felt I could be myself. I mean, it was a personal journey. And anyone who goes through my musical journey will see the differences. Uh, but I ended here because I currently focus on EDM vocals with pop centric melodies because I felt that I could say whatever I want, go through and unpack my issues um, but also be cheeky, clever, and fun with it. I don't have to hide behind the many layers of other genres. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why I liked sticking with EDM. It's funny because in terms of the uh, the sort of the crossover between the advocacy and the, and the music, um, I kind of you know I think I can think of examples of um, where uh, people kind of advocate for certain issues or or are quite outspoken. Um, who are musicians and um, like EDM is usually not the kind of um, you know it's not those kind of people often who who, who those kind of um, who are advocates and also like make electronic dance music right it's like it's often kind of uh, hip-hop artists or R&B or right. you know what I mean it's like so like that's a social conscious yeah. kind of well that you make a good point because part of my advocacy a very integral part of my advocacy is actually my life journey. And it's why I tell people about it every time I speak on it. Because because of the society I was raised in, I didn't know, I didn't understand that I could be confident. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I could be bold. I didn't know that I could be funny. I didn't know that I could be smart and yell and have fun doing it. And it wasn't until I grew into it that I realized I could say and do whatever I want, however I wanted to do it. So when I say that I started out with sort of a pop alternative bent, those who listen to my earlier things would see that more lyric heavy, let's talk about our issues type of lachi. Yeah. But as we progress, you watch as my confidence blooms, as it turns into hear me, see me, into fuck you. <laughs> That's part of the advocacy. Yeah. Um, because I'm at a point now where I want to be v mainstream vocalized. So I want my music to be accessible to uh, a wider audience, to a radio listening audience, as opposed to those who are looking to be inspired, are looking to for social change i want to hit the airwaves and the ears of those who don't who aren't familiar 
with the fact that they need to hear this message. Um, and so that's why I tap into a musical genre that I know hits hits a lot of folks. And while you're dancing, while you're getting your heart pumping, if you can be graced with this message and have it infused into you while you're having a great time, I think it sticks. I read that you majored in economics at college and, <laughs> and that your parents wanted you to, to have to pursue mathematics in some way. Like how, how did your parents react to the kind of, uh, to that career move into music? Right. My parents, they look, they came to America struggling with culture, struggling with racism, redlining here in America. Redlining is when folks, try not to sell you homes in generally white neighborhoods. And so dealing with all of that um, as an immigrant, the goal is to just hurry up, build a legacy from scratch to bring back home and do what you can to catch up to the game. So with such a lofty goal, you know, what else could they do with a child mm -hmm. who society deems isn't even worthy of accommodation. Um, they had seven kids. I was just one in the mix. <laughs> they were Catholic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so look, they assumed I'd be tied to my mom's hip for the rest of my life. Um, hence the name Ulachi. So my name is Lachi, which is short for Ulachi, which means ring of God. So they assumed I'd be uh, a ring on my mother's finger. And when they saw I could be something else, honestly, I really can't blame them for wanting me to get a, go the stable path, yeah. get a job, yeah. make sure I, you know. Um, and I do longingly watch now as parents today, they'll dump their savings and, and pack up and move and do whatever they have to do to get their little child that they see as a star to be famous or, or to pursue their Paralympic dreams. And I look at that and I go, wow, that's amazing. But that was just not, my parents didn't have that luxury. They didn't have the knowledge, um, especially as immigrants. So anyway, all that being said, there was something in my spirit that drove me for greater things um, than the desk for sure. And I don't know. I, <laughs> they, they did push me in one direction. Um, it was smart because after college, I did get a desk job. A different kind of desk but, that you work with now, huh? <laughs> a mixing desk. <laughs> I did right now. Well, now I'm in the studio at my desk. But yeah, I, and, and honestly, those skills, that skill of management, that skill of interpersonal, this and that, the, the ability to be responsible really, um, was was necessary. And it's good that it was nurtured into me at an early age. Um, but even while I worked my government job, I worked for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, people were like, she's singing at the desk and she's not just humming. She's actually like really good. What is she doing here? Um, and eventually I had to make a decision. Do I keep doing what my parents want? Do I keep hiding behind what I really want to do? Do I keep trying to keep secret this burning passion that is like larger than I am. And I really had to follow it. And I really had to kind of plug my ears 
to any naysaying and just wait till folks got on board, which they did. Yeah. And I think uh, the alternative that you look longingly at as well, you know, has its drawbacks that um, (laughs) that pressure of having uh, parents believe in you. That's great. But like, I think if they put all of the, if they focus all their energy into that and then it doesn't work out, like that's also really hard to deal with. So that's true yeah <laughs> that's true it's like go live my dreams yeah, now for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the grass is always greener as we would say that's true um but but no i think it's uh it, they they must be they must be full of pride now though right if they're still yes they're definitely i mean at the end of the day i just called my mom the other day and i was like hey mom i spoke with the white house about my advocacy and she was like oh well that's it you're done. There's nothing like you. You did it. You win. You won the world. You won life. What's next? And I was like, thank you. I will decide to take that as a compliment. Um, so, <laughs> no, they're 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 definitely super proud. I mean, all of their children are successful doctors, lawyers. Um, and I was like, you know what? I am going to be the best at the, the field that I choose. And I think they see that. So you've you've worked with some big names. Um, yeah. Not that you're not a big name yourself. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but um, no, more people need to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wondered if you had a favorite uh, collaboration or a particular story that sticks out, or someone who was particularly fun to work with, or the outcome came yeah. out that you just loved it. I mean, I know it's always yeah. hard to pick when there's you know a glittering list. I can never say a favorite because then another person will say, "Really? Yeah, I thought we had fun." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I've had the opportunity to work with tons of like really great artists, um, around the globe, really from Uganda to Germany, to Russia, to Australia. Um, you know, a really fun collaboration that I did was actually with Apple to app of the black eyed peas. So he and I hooked up for a foundation fighting blindness collaboration and he himself actually is legally blind, which I did not oh, know. Oh, I did not and know that when either. When we met, yeah, yeah, he's legally blind. And he uh, and I got together and we were both like, you, you, oh. Um, and we put together this amazing song called Diseducation, speaking on how society needs to kind of like chill out with this charitable model of disability. I don't need your charity. For sure. I need you to invest in the proper tools so I can play the game on an equitable playing field. That's kind of what that song was. And and it was fun to put it together with someone else in the game that identifies that way. And it's not like Apple to App is a starch advocate for blindness, but he doesn't necessarily hide it either. And so it was really nice to be able to work with him on that. Um, I also recently worked in a writing camp with Alicia Keys Whoa. and her friends and family and folks and her whole team. And um, we did a thing with Mercedes Benz, which should be rolling out soonish. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Alicia Keys is a black female that plays the piano. Obviously, she was an idol. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to to be able to and, you know, and a real one, you know, when people were like, who do you look up to? I'm like, Alicia Keys. Yeah. You can literally look at past 
things I've uh, interviews. And so it's like, I hope she doesn't find them because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but, but yeah, working with her has been awesome. And, and I remember when I was a kid, I said something along the lines of like, I know I made it when I worked with Alicia Keys. Uh, and so I guess I made it. Hmm. No, I guess, I guess I made it. Yay. Um, so that's another really great one. But I will say, listen, I have worked with a ton of really amazing people um, and not just artists, uh, just some really great organizations that just knowing them have made me a better person and a stronger person and ac more accepting of myself and how I communicate with others. And to be able to teach folks and watch folks learn and to be able to learn from folks has been a lot. So working with the Foundation Fighting Blindness has actually been really fun. There is two different ways that you can look at blindness. Um, some folks go, we don't want to look for a cure. Other folks go, we want a cure. I say, look, you can love your body and get implants. It's fine. Um, so I, I learned that through working with the Foundation Fighting Blindness. I've worked with, you know, respectability. I've worked with folks at the Ford Foundation. I've worked with folks at Sea Talent, which is one of my talent management agencies. And I'm just learning tons and tons and tons. And so I don't even want to focus just on the other musical collaborations. I mean, just so many collaborations I've had have been so growth-ing. Growthing. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a word nourishing nurturing. nourishing thank you see you're english right <laughs> so you guys know proper english <laughs> i uh as a journalist i like to think about words sometimes for sure okay. <laughs> i just do that sure. i just sit here all day and think about words that's all we do <laughs> <laughs> whilst you're off touring the Love world it. and changing the world i'm sat, well, sat on a desk uh, as see each our own <laughs> Um, I, so, I mean, it flows quite nicely from that, certainly talking about some of the organizations you work with and, um, yeah, and that collaboration, which, yeah, I had no idea, but, um, how do you think that the music industry specifically is, is still kind of excluding and really failing disabled artists? Yeah. yeah. So firstly, the numbers don't lie. Um, around 70% of music professionals don't disclose. Uh, they'll risk their lives for fear of not getting a gig uh, or the the even more in the even more angering statistic that one in five musicians have to cancel a gig when they get there due to inaccessibility. Mm. I mean, they have to spend money and then cancel. A lot of times you prepay your backing musicians or maybe your flight or you just spend a ton of money on promotion. And then you have to cancel your gig when you get there. Uh, but even more upsetting to me, I mean, these are actually UK figures, um, which brings me to my second point. There are no large scale or peer reviewed studies focused on this topic in the US. Um, there was an Annenberg Institute study done by Dr. Stacey L. Smith, which was great. It was on inclusion in the music industry with respondents from over 100 of the largest music firms, organizations, labels, and they were talking about race and they were talking about gender and they were talking about everything but disability. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's like just disability is not included as a diversity in the mainstream. And until we 
see disabled folks in the green room, uh, in the boardroom, in the staff room, on the main stage and behind the scenes and uh, are taken into account in research as a diversity, we will not see massive change. Um, I, you know, here at Ramped, and I'm no, I know we're going to get into Ramped in a little bit. Um, we're here to really change that narrative um, and to make the music industry sort of better <laughs> um, at seeing diversity in disability. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't shock me at all, but, you know, for the last few years, every year there's been a diversity conversation around the Oscars or mm-hmm. whatever, and it's like... Right. And and disability is always left off the thing, and it's all oh, right. So mm-hmm. disability just doesn't count, even though it's often one of you know it's <laughs> it's one of the biggest minorities in a way in most countries, um, yep. and it's the mm-hmm. least well represented in most fields it seems anyway. Uh, and and yet it's yes. and yet it's still left off the agenda. It's like it's constant frustration. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood is a lot further than music is. Mm-hmm. Um, like entertainment, television, even, well, obviously the corporate world takes very serious measure to make sure um, for accommodation. Now, I will say that a lot of this is very ADA. So we have a a law called the ADA. And a lot of things here in America are very ADA focused. So as long as we tick all the boxes, we should be good, right? But, you know, we want to be included. We don't just want you to to tick off boxes. We want to feel like you want us there. Um, but I will say corporate America is doing what it can to make sure that this is known. Um, Hollywood, TV, entertainment, they're starting to try to get this off the ground. But, well, you know, music isn't there. The music industry isn't there. The performing arts industry just isn't there. Um, firstly, there are numbers in in corporate America. There are numbers in Hollywood. Um, these aren't the best numbers. Yeah. But, you know, at least we have some numbers. Yeah. So, like, let's say, for instance, in, in America, in Hollywood, 2 to 3% of lead roles are portrayed as someone in with a disability. And... 26% of Americans have some form of disability, yet only 2 to 3% of roles in broadcast television are people with disabilities. Oh, and here's the kicker. Only 10% of those 2 to 3% of roles are played authentically. Yeah, it's... So most of the roles are just played by regular no. Ca- non-disabled people. Can you imagine and... that for some other diversity characteristics? Like I don't how even, last, I don't even how wanna, not even don't not even me. last century, right? It's like the previous century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't even want to go there. And listen, in in Hollywood, there are organizations like like I mentioned, respectability. They're helping um, place disabled consultants and plan um, authentic representation in Hollywood. We also have an organization called the One in Four looking to place disabled folks in the background as PDs and production assistants. We have folks like C-Talent and Gamut Management looking to get disabled actors work. There is nothing like that on a professional and competitive level for disabled artists and music professionals. So, like, look, we'll have some programs that operate um, to help folks 
you know, in a sort of more charitable model way. Mm-hmm. You know, let's help parents get their children to to have instruments or, you know, let's do things in a very charitable. Oh, the the poor disabled musician. Let's help them try and, and be inspirational and reach for their dreams. Um, but I'm not here to be inspirational. So I'm here to make money. Right. Um, and that's what we don't have. We don't have organizations. We don't have numbers. And so Hollywood is much further along. When you see a musician struggling and to make it on the stage, it's not inspirational. It's not, oh, wow, that musician struggled to get on stage and made it. That's so, I'm so inspired. No, you're witnessing social discrimination. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Oh, too. oh, social discrimination is so cute um, because a venue is not adhering to the law, to the ADA. And we have to do what we can despite that oversight. So instead of your response of, oh, that's so cute, you really should be saying, who is my local politician that I should be writing to? Who at the venue should I be speaking to? Should I continue to attend this venue that's not accommodating 26% of the population? That's the response you should have. So when I walk down the street with my cane and folks are like, oh, wow, she made it across the street with her cane. No, your reaction should be, shit, should we have the traffic lights fitted with sonic warnings? so that someone like Lachi will know which directions the cars are currently going. That's the reaction you should have. Not, wow, you're so inspiring. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm getting a little bit <laughs> It's here. totally fine. We've got, um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a sort of well-known slogan in the, the UK disability rights and arts movement, which is piss on pity. Uh, I've always liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> piss on pity. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know because you guys in the UK use piss in all sorts of different ways. <laughs> you, are you saying get drunk on pity? That's that's not what we want to do. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I hear it. Um, I hear it. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us a bit about about Ramped and what what it is sure. and what it's, what you're gonna what you're trying to do with it? Ramped in its truest form is basically a coalition of professional and accredited recording artists, engineers, producers, composers, songwriters, sound techs, you know, live sound engineers and music professionals like agents, journalists, publicists, managers with disabilities or deafness or neurodiversity, chronic illness, rare disease, all of those differences. And We're here as a resource for the community to get on the right side of the disability movement. So here in America, and really globally, we had an international incident with George Floyd, where a cop um, was just being very aggressive towards a minority, and it was caught on camera. And then everyone turned around and said, oh my goodness, let's all care about Black people. (laughs) And I don't think or believe that the disability community should have a George Floyd for disability incident before folks start paying attention to disabled artists. Um, And that's really what Ramped is. We're here to help the music community get on the right side of this conversation um, before it's just out of control. 
So we're in talks with some of the biggest music organizations in the country, um, like the Recording Academy for one, um, Women in Music for two. Um, we're, we're running around and we're being very loud and being very vocal and telling folks, hey, disability is a diversity and should be part of these DEI conversations. Um, we are a professional community and we have members. We're a place where people can turn to and say, I don't know where any music professionals are. I don't know where any uh, composers are with a disability. I don't know where any uh, engineers with a disability are for maybe a gig, maybe a project, or just to consult. We're here to be that resource. Um, and it's funny because we put out a call and we got over 200 responses right in the beginning for professional disabled musicians. And that's really empowering and encouraging because one of the biggest things that we do for ourselves here within the disability music community is be a community. We get to find each other. We get to no longer be alone, isolated, and feeling like we're the only one struggling to get this word out, to get this message uh, forward. And so that's really uh, explosive. It's a first ever. And so we're all super gung-ho for this movement. Something awesome that we were recently able to do at Ramped is we hooked up with this record label called Blonde Records. And they put on an award show called the Wavy Awards. And the Wavy Awards are an award show that highlights historically excluded artists like LGBTQ, non-binary, race, all of those historically excluded artists. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure that they included disability. So they consulted us. Uh, we told them yay or nay to some of the things they were doing. Um, and then at the end, we said, how about we work in self-description and what self-description is is just a really quick what do you look like so i usually say black girl cornrows because yeah. i'm a black girl with cornrows <laughs> and it doesn't take up too much time there was a bit of a kerfuffle people didn't know what to do they were scared or embarrassed but when the award show finally happened the entire night had self-description baked in so when people were going up and uh, announcing or presenting they also self-described and it was so empowering throughout the night. People were using it, not just as self-description, but they were using it to empower themselves, express themselves and show off themselves. So instead of, hello, I am an Asian woman with a white shirt, they're sitting there going, hey, I am wearing a badass sexy dress that I just got at Kohl's and I have really high heels that make me two feet taller than I originally was and I'm wearing a Ninja Turtle bra. And so I, everyone was just so empowered. It was an amazing night. Um, and it's things like that that Ramped is doing, really making the world a lot of fun. Because at the end of the day, inclusion is fucking fun. You get to be a part of something new and unscary. And you get to expand yourself and expand your worldview. And that's what Ramped is here to do for the music industry. Yeah, I think that's a really great point about the fact that it's fun. Like, uh, I think so <laughs> many movements that want to make a change, whether it's disability, race, 
any any issue like making it fun and making it something that people want to be involved in and not like mm-hmm. uh <laughs> something that's not fun <laughs> and that feels kind of yeah uh alienating to other people is like it's definitely it's a it's a it's a good tactic <laughs> to bring people on board right well- you made a good point. Alienating is just not how you get people to do what you want to do. And so it's just not my brand of advocacy. I just love to show people how fun it is, how how awesome disability culture is. I mean, anyone that follows me sees my glittery canes and me walking around in my heels and my cane. It's We're here to have fun and we're here to let other people want to be a part of that fun. Yeah. Who... Who are other disabled musicians or other artists that, that you kind of, that you admire or maybe you've worked with or maybe you haven't worked with and you'd like to work with? Yeah, uh, I'll probably just take out take this opportunity to shout out just Ramped members. Like yeah, I, song songwriter and violinist Galen Lee, she's amazing. Yeah, I know. Um, Stephen Letness, he's a composer on Emmy-nominated films. Um, James Ian, he's a songwriter and actor. We have Namel of Four Wheel City. He is a rapper. He um, is a paraplegic due to gun violence, and he has spoken to the White House, to the UN. He's been on Hot 97. He's everywhere. Ryan the Gooch Nelson, he is also a quadriplegic. Um, He moves his hands, and he uses it to play slide guitar. He is a touring artist. Um, We have Mandy Harvey. She is a deaf artist. Eric Hauk of Portugal the Man. He is a drummer uh, in a wheelchair. Cola Boy. and anyone who's listening, look all these names <laughs> up and add them to your playlist. And thank you later. And just be a fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank me later. Hell yeah. That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, we could maybe we could get a Spotify playlist together of all those to to accompany this. You never know. Yeah, don't make bitch. You are. I am holding your feet to the fire. Right <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think listeners will already. I've got a sense of uh, of just how varied and successful a career you've had in lots of different ways. Um, right. Are there any kind of standout achievements that that you you know really make you feel proud, or maybe they're small moments yeah. that actually aren't the big glitzy things? I don't know. Being here, that's fun. <laughs> I like being here with you. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere, right? <laughs> um no it's just been it's been a fun last couple of years i would have never imagined the awesome things that we're doing like talking to the white house office of publishing public engagement that was fun um being recognized by the grammys um seeing my name in the new york times or forbes or variety or uh for my work making the first ever accessible music award show um so I think, though, mostly just proud of myself for accepting my disability, um, just as a black immigrant in music, as a woman, as a person with a disability. None of these things would have happened if I didn't really accept who I was, accept some of the hardest parts. You know, it's kind of like when you steal cookies from the cookie jar and you hide it from everyone and you just can't go back to sleep until you tell everyone uh, to get it off your chest and just be okay again. Um, So really coming out about my disability and no longer hiding behind the fact that I could pass 
as non-disabled. Mm-hmm. Owning it um, has really been the best. And and it's gotten me the ability to do some really cool things like this YouTube series that we're doing, um, The Offbeat. And we just won an award for that. Yay! But really, to be able to go off and do that, the, the Offbeat series is me going and running and just doing ridiculous things as somebody who's going blind. So scuba, di- scuba diving, skydiving. <laughs> hanging out with random politicians and celebrities and just catching it on YouTube. I wouldn't be able to do anything like that. I wouldn't be able to tell my story if I wasn't true to myself about what my story is. And I think that is what I'm most proud of. I think that has been my biggest success. What, what is there still any uh, Everest out there to conquer for you? Is there still stuff you'd really like to achieve that's uh, that's still on that mood board that that Lamborghini (laughs) (laughs) um well like I said we're doing something with Mercedes so I'm waiting for them to mail me my Benz but (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who's gonna drive it but so I am look I want equity for musicians with disabilities on a mainstream level you know I don't want it to be something on the sidelines this is why we're talking to folks like the recording academy the kennedy center the big dogs because i want equity for musicians and music professionals with disabilities at a mainstream level um it's a small but fast-growing movement uh, and folks are responding eagerly to it yeah Uh, but we want to we want to amplify disability culture promote disability inclusion advocate for accessibility win some well-deserved visibility uh, on, on, on a major scale, in a more imminent level, I want to. I think I really want to complete these studies that I keep complaining about <laughs> that we don't have here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, concerning accessibility, whether it's physical, social, tech, you know, technological, or whatever, um, and disclosure. Uh, my manager Ben. Pri- oh, let me get into my whole team in a second here, <laughs> but let me finish what I'm saying. Um, So, of course, I'd love to see more blind badasses on broadcast and streaming series. Um, There's not enough authentic casting there. So I want to see more of that, especially as it pertains to blind folks. Um, We're starting to see more deaf actors and actresses. We're starting to see more actors and actresses in wheelchairs with neurodiversities. But blindness has always been rough. And I understand that a lot of folks... Um, it's difficult to find actors that are blind is usually what the um, the concern is. And a lot of folks are afraid of how do we work with the script? How do we um, how do we help them out on set? But we are here to guide you. We want to be successful and we want to be seen. So come find us at places like C Talent, at places like KMR Talent, at places like Gamut Management, at places like Zibidi Management. We're here and you can find us. Okay, don't act like you can't. Um, I want to see all events, including uh, I want to see them include accessibility uh, as it should be. And it should totally be commonplace. So that's what I want to see. But speaking of um, my team, um, I mentioned my manager, Ben Price, because he just actually did a study uh, that you guys covered uh, on disclosure in the music industry. And I was really, really excited that he was doing that. So my manager, Ben Price, as you guys know, he's blind, Mm -hmm. legally blind. And then my talent rep, who is Keely Cat Wells, she is she has a non-visible disability. My literary agent, who is Stephanie Hansen, 
she is deaf, um, unilaterally deaf. My accounts manager, his name is Arthur. He has a neurodiversity. Um, my assistant, JD, he is legally blind. And my two interns, Sal and Jade, uh, Sal is blind, Jade is deafblind. And then uh, the person who does our voiceover for our YouTube series, who is Hanan, she is legally blind. So my entire team has some form of disability, deafness, or neurodiversity mm-hmm. because I came out and I said, we need to hire more people in this industry. But I I was like, I need to start with my own team. Yeah. I was like, I'm good at so many things. And the reason I am good at doing a lot of this stuff and better than the team, better than the team that I had was because I was just a great problem solver. And sort of that light bulb moment came and it was just like, oh, I need to get more problem solvers. <laughs> Folks with disabilities are just outside the box thinkers, problem solvers. And I'm like, I'm going to surround myself with these fucking guys because they know what the fuck they're doing. Um, so, that's yeah. something we say all the time. Like, uh, that's why we, it's great working with disabled artists. And we think disabled artists are some of the most creative innovative people out there it's it's you know as an artist you have to be creative and free thinker anyway but like disabled people are so used to solving problems because unfortunately yes they're you know <laughs> their day-to-day is full of fucking problems because the world is not built for them yes. but uh yes. we're slowly changing that i hope um we are yeah we are and and disabled art is beautiful um it's it it incorporates that lived experience i got to team up with a ton of artists on our disability nft project um, folks like Rachel Gadsden, oh, wow, yeah. folks like Clara Woods, and just to be able to see art from different perspectives that aren't the same old schmay mold, because we're well outside of the box because we bring our lived experience to those things. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'm I'm so hopeful. I'm really hopeful for the rest of society to really be inspired. I mean, truly inspired, not that bullshit pity inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear because it's been a rough you know, it's been a rough couple of years uh, yeah. for for everyone, but I think you know, as ever, uh, the disabled community seem to bear the brunt of uh, when anything goes wrong. So I think uh, uh, a message like that of of positive change is uh, is really nice to hear. Yep. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm super hopeful. Um, there has been an amazing response to our efforts at Ramped. Um, and folks are considering DEI in the music industry more just in general. So to be able to shove and make sure disability is part of that conversation is really the missing puzzle piece and it's starting to happen. Um, and so I am, I am actually very hopeful for change or else why do it? I'm not running towards an, uh, an unending goal. I see that there is room for this movement, that it's growing and there's a problem that people want to solve. Um, and we're here to solve it. I think that's a great place for us to for us to wrap up. So thank you so much for your time today, Darchu. That was a really great conversation. So thank you for joining us on the Disability Anne podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. Check me out. Lachi Music, L-A-C-H-I-M-U-S-I-C. Yes. I will be your friend. <laughs> thank us later. <laughs> thank us later when you check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Visit greyeye.org and disabilityarts.online for details of productions, events, interviews, opinions, reviews and learning opportunities.